Did you know that Dr. Jeff is referred to as Grandpa? Ever wondered why your cat's eyes glow differently in the dark than yours do? Listen to this episode and all of your questions will be answered. From the in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee, it's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome back to As I See It. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris, coming fresh off of seeing patients all morning. So if my voice holds out, it'll be a lucky thing. Uh, you feel like you talk to the patients a lot, Dr. Jeff? I sometimes do, yeah. We talk about a lot of things. I, I know people pretty well, and we talk about things outside of eye care also. I think that's part of the personalization. So this morning, I um, I met you and the entire staff of both Cool Springs and Donaldson at the small little park here behind the Cool Springs Eye Care office. And we met there because uh, it was the training for uh, learning all about the eyeball of which today mm-hmm. I will just happily tell our listeners that we dissected cow eyeballs. Yes, so you the did. first question that I think <laughs> anyone would ask is where does one buy cow eyeballs? Goats. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I'm here to tell you as a prime member, <laughs> we got them from Amazon. So of course you can, can get them from Pinterest too. Believe it or not. It's, you can get a lot of scientific things um, uh, that you can dissect on Amazon. It was uh, it was a deep dive that we kind of went on there. But I will tell you, it was um, this is um, as of this recording, it's June two thousand twenty one, and it is National uh, Cataract Awareness Month. It was very interesting to see that one of our eyeballs this morning had a massively huge cataract. It did, and you can you can relate to that more since you actually held that cataract in your between your fingers that is absolutely absolutely true yeah yeah so i want to dive right in we are uh today talking about lesson 27 honesty you mean we're moving from cows we're going to move on from cows we can come back around what what is the one pearl today for trivia that we learned that the cow eye has that the human eye does not that blue shiny silvery layer in the back of the eye called the tapito layer right yeah that's that's what makes uh, my eye reflect blue but the cat's eye no orange and yes. the cat eye reflect blue there you go there okay, you go so just like the cow eye. it's a tapito layer there are some other latin terms that go along with it but that gives them better night vision and it's a certain layer that's behind the retina that we don't have um actually in the retina underneath the retina um, that sells that sends sells hello sends um, more input from dark situations focuses it to the photoreceptor so that they can have better nighttime vision so when you shine a light you're right in their eye or maybe your dog's eye or a cat's eye you get a blue reflection whereas if you shine it in our eye we don't have that layer so we get the combination of pigment and the combination of blood coming from the choroid right underneath the retina hmm. that gives us the orange reflection You've heard it here, folks. There you go. <laughs> Lesson twenty-seven. It is very interesting, but when, when I mean, let's be serious. Like the cow eyeball itself, I'm holding my fist together. The entire socket was like the size of my fist. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But it's surrounded by fat. Mm-hmm. But to your point, inside that fat is a is a very dense uh, casing that 
um, it's hard to penetrate. Yeah, yeah, pretty protective, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, I, well designed. I've got you on video saying, uh, uh, without quoting, um, that it's very hard to not protrude, but to stick something in your eye, and that if you find someone that's got something in there, that's a very big deal. That's right. If it goes inside the eye, that's some pretty high speed, pretty high velocity, deal. and pretty sharp. Yep. So for our listeners that are just tuning in, thank you very much for your time and listening to the podcast As I See It. We have been going through a few of the lessons in Dr. Jeff and Dr. Susan's book. Dr. Susan is Dr. Jeff's better half. They mm-hmm. wrote it a book. The Smarter Kegaris. Well, that really wasn't up for debate, really. Except for her choice in men. Lesson 27 is honesty is the best policy. You write in here, despite our can-do positive approach to responding to our customers' needs, we believe it's important not to overcommit. I immediately, I even wrote it down, I immediately flashed back to episode 17, certainty is better than uncertainty. You, um, it, it is a constant uh, from you, in a good way, it's a constant from you that you don't want to uh, make a statement that you absolutely can't put a flag in the ground and stand right beside it. You don't like fluff talk. That's exactly right. I like I'm I'm a very positive person, and right. I like to have a positive outlook on things. But I like to be realistic with that also. Exactly. And if we can't do something, or if we haven't done something, what we train the staff is to be honest and say this is the way it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Not going to do this. Um, but here are our, our options so Dr. to Jeff, fix this at this time. What might be another option uh, for our listeners? I, I'm immediately, I think the low hanging fruit in this conversation is um, I've ordered something from you guys and it's not there on time. Exactly. Right? We've talked about that on, on supplier standards, uh, whether your glasses are in or not. That's Let's, let's tell our uh, listeners what might be something else that today, you said you saw patients today. What were maybe some conversations that you had where you had to make a statement, but you, you didn't want to overcommit to that patient? That wasn't uh, retail. It wasn't about contacts. It wasn't about glasses, but you needed to, and maybe it wasn't today, but you see what I'm saying? What are some yeah, other sure. examples? I think when a LASIK patient comes in and says, hey, if I have laser vision, will I be out of glasses forever? You know, yeah. it's real tempting to say, boy, the chances are 90 some percent, blah, blah. Yeah, you, but there's a six to 8% of even low nearsighted people that won't. And mm-hmm. so you have to be very forthright with those people and, and be honest. Um, much like you're saying, if there's a delay. And, and uh, sometimes this the rubber hits the road when we're not meeting our own expectations in service or in delivery. You know, we look at the optical in particular in four ways in our supplier standards. What are the costs compared to different labs if we have to send out to labs based upon your insurance or mm-hmm. if we can't generate it here? Uh, what? How much is it going to cost us? Because mm-hmm. that impacts how much it's going to cost you. Right. Number two, uh, turnaround time. We expect a certain number of reasonable days because we understand a lab's process to be able to get something back. So we estimate and know our suppliers well enough that we are going to tell the patient this is how many days. Sure. We also look at their service. Uh, we look at the quality. How many are we going to reject? We actually want to reject less than one out of a hundred of lenses that we get from our suppliers. Now, the industry standard is three to four out of a hundred, but I'm not looking for average. I'm Mm -hmm. looking for better performance than that and striving for the best performance we can have. So those are the type of things that we're going to evaluate. So therefore, if we look at something like turnaround time and I say, you're going to have your glasses in eight days, you can bank on it. We're going to set up an appointment to dispense those with Dolly, then 
we're sure. And, and the only way I can do that is if I know our supplier standards. You know, if they're batting 98% and reaching that standard, we're still going to have a 2% of the time that we disappoint somebody and we didn't have it in eight days. But right. we need to be looking ahead right. to let them know. Right now, we're running into with COVID uh, supply chain issues because these, you know, certain types of materials and this, it could be a screw, a hinge, a manufacturer of frames, a contact lens manufacturer who has six plants across the world and they're filled up in Georgia, but they have to get these from India, whatever yeah, it might be. Right. Uh, we can't get from our suppliers as readily a turnaround time that we expect for our patients mm-hmm. to make them as happy as we would like to make them. And that frustrates us, but there are some things where our hands are tied. And so therefore we have to say, I'm not making excuses, but right. the COVID situation has affected the supply chain. And instead of promising these to be there in four days or eight days, it's going to take 12 or it's going to take 16. And I charge our optical and our contact lens specialists and managers with with making sure we know what to pledge so it's, that they're on top of things. It's interesting, um, you know, now that we're right at a year, a couple of months past um, our shutdown here in Middle Tennessee from a year ago, it's interesting. What I find is that um, unless you were in the market for glasses or contacts, you you have no concept of what we're talking about right now as far as supplier standards. Right. You, you might have heard it in some other things that you've ordered. I find that it the the rubber really hits the road um, currently in the market, and I find that it's not just in the market but across the country um, in home buying and um, and and just general real estate practices. Because whether you're buying or selling a home, or you're connected with someone that's buying or selling, we've all heard that lumber lumber prices have gone up three hundred percent you're talking about a screw coming out mm-hmm. of that you know coming out of georgia as an example that that uh, might have a function to a a pair of glasses we all know someone right now in our world that is paying or is aware that they're going to have to wait or pay exorbitant prices to get what they thought they were getting last year at a certain rate at a different rate this year because of supplier standards right that being said uh coming back full circle here is it's not maybe always easy to say what the real answer is to be a realist yeah uh, that's right because sometimes that's not what the patient wants to hear. No, no, no. They right. want it. They want to walk right. out of the door with it today. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, you, you and uh, Dr. Susan Wright, in fact, being honest is the first of our beliefs and behaviors. Dr. Jeff, what is our beliefs and our behaviors? You write in here, see lesson 38, we believe in BBs. What are yeah. BBs? In addition to our mission statement and then the goals that lead to that, accomplishing that mission statement to improve, uh, correct, protect, and enhance eye health and vision then we have the goals as to how we're going to do that but most importantly we have our bbs and these are our beliefs and behaviors and this is really more actionable this is how our staff is supposed to make decisions and to be able to act it's a little bit like the ritz carlton credo card Mm. it guides people in their decision making if we say and the number one thing there is we will be honest which means if you said something and somebody got upset But you say, but I was honest with them. We might say, well, here's a little better way to say it, but you know what? You followed the beliefs and the behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so it's to guide people in the way that they decision make. And uh, really, I mean, for most people, that the the beliefs and the behaviors that we have, which I'm sure we'll go over in another podcast at some point, are are things that, that most people, most good people say, yes, that's the way I want to treat people. That's the way I want to be. I like that you're endorsing for me to be that way. As I see it, we'll be right back. 
Hi everyone, this is Dr. Jeff Kageris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. I usually don't read this much, but I, 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 I really like it. And like I it's said, it's a, a lot of words for you. It's bite-sized pieces. Well, I practice a lot. Um, if people, not if, yeah, if people learn that they can trust what you tell them and that you are being a straight shooter, in the long run, you and the practice will win. I love that. Even if the answer you give them in a given day is not what they had hoped for. Building trust and credibility on a long-term basis is what good customer relationships is all about. If I say we've got a progressive lens that is a value-oriented lens, but it has a narrower corridor and it may give you difficulty on the computer, and it's X dollars, $249 for the frame and lens package, which we do, okay? And you say, well, but I want to go someplace else and get theirs because they said it's 179 And I say, I understand, and that's fine. But we're not comparing apples and apples because their corridor is even smaller and we've had more people complaining about that. Mm -hmm. You may do very well, but at least I want to tell you honestly what the differences are between what we might offer in that particular category of lens and what you might get elsewhere. You may find a better deal, a better value, a an improved type of progressive performance someplace. Um fine if i can be honest with you about the based upon your work what type of considerations you should make in other words you should go for at least a moderate if not a high-end progressive because of the amount of computer work you do you will be frustrated otherwise or have to buy a second pair of glasses to just work on the computer i'm being honest it may not be what you want to hear but i'm trying to candidly tell i'm not just trying to sell a lens i'm just really trying to help people with the decision making that they're going to to uh, undertake that it's not just about what the price is let's say so again part of this being honest is it's easy to say of course we're always going to be honest but when that person is on the phone and they're frustrated and they're upset because they wanted this by this particular time are you going to say not making excuses we screwed up. We told you this, but it didn't occur. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, rather than go, well, you know, I mean, because I've seen it all the time. You know, oh, well, you know, UPS was delayed, or if somebody's making right. something up. That's right. I don't want any made up type of stories. Right. You know, Doctor Jeff, in our office right now, we have um, in a lot of locations on our on our television screens, we have a um, an image of our doctors with. Uh, some text beside it that says we are in the care business that kind of leads us into lesson 28 provide charitable care internally you talk about in lesson 27 honesty is the best policy in certain situations in a i guess in a a not fortunate situation sometimes we have to share information with patients uh that isn't the best and and in some cases uh we can't actually help them here talk to our audience a little bit about why this was so important to put in the book and you, you 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 and dr susan Wright provide charitable care internally Uh, I think it is reasonable for somebody as a patient to expect and understand that their primary care doctor, in our case, a primary eye care doctor, Mm -hmm. may need to refer me occasionally if I need a surgical fix, okay? And it's reasonable for that patient to say, and you're going to recommend somebody that's really good that you are 
parents, kids, loved ones would go to. That who would you use? Mm-hmm. We get that a lot. Um, that's kind of common. We expect that. You know, no, we don't sit there and say, "Well, Cole, I'd recommend we're going to do this," but I have no idea who to send you to. No, you would look kind of cross-eyed at your uh, eye doctor if they didn't say, "And I here's my here's who I recommend, and here's who I'm going to send you to because you'll get the best care or the best result." Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's not what we're talking about. That is internal connection to eyes or internal understanding, kind of the whole system. What I'm talking about are primary care offices, community-based like we are, that are connected to their community. In other words, what if I can't take care of something? My job is to say, wow, you don't have insurance? Okay. Oh, but guess what? You're a child. We have these resources available here within our office, but also in our community. There's this program, there's the Lions Club, there's the Essilor Vision Foundation, there's whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, That's important to us, that we have somebody assigned and that we as a team know that there are many other community resources that we interact with. And whether we can do it or not ourselves, we still are going to coordinate that care somewhere in the community to help that patient out. Right. Um, whether you're looking at um, the Lions Club donation that we've had in the front, and uh, to my understanding, we're, I think, one of the uh, larger donors of, of glasses to the organization here, or whether we're going back, I forget what chapter we talk about or what uh, episode we talk about, what Thanksgiving looks around looks like around here uh, prior to COVID, uh, but opening the doors and inviting uh, patients in. It all, it, for me, is encapsulated by care. It's exactly that. Whether mm-hmm. it's happening inside this exam room, um, or, or not, it is all about the patient and doing the right thing by the patient. Um, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, if they have a great experience. They're going to do what most people do when they have a good experience. They're going to tell other people. We hope so in a that, positive way. That's that exactly they, right. That they helped me out and uh, I was able to get this. Now, when we have enough of those situations where we say, boy, we're sending a number of people over here to get this service, we of course start saying, isn't that a service we could provide? Mm-hmm. And if so, how could we provide that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we created Seeds for Seeing, which has been our private charitable organization to provide a supplement or help and assistance for, in particular, kids or elderly patients that don't have access and need updated lenses or frames. Uh, we're going to kind of take that to the next level as we're, and we're in the phases of developing that program to a much higher level. So that's all a charitable foundation or a, chair, a private foundation. But um, again, I, I really stress that what we mean in this chapter is that how many options are there for somebody that says, I have used my vision care benefits or I don't have another vision care benefit. I have this job and I can't see and I need to get new glasses. What options do we have internally for that, whether they are value packages, whether they are uh, something that is greatly reduced in price, or whether we give a special, or what options are there, even if it's not at our office, to be able to tap into resources to help that patient out. Ultimately, if we're doing that, whether that if you will, money or sale is coming to us or somewhere else, we're still doing the right thing if we're connected to those community resources. We've got a great community resource in Mercy Children's Center mm-hmm. and and uh, Mercy Primary Care here in town. 
Uh, it's important for us to know that and that people that may not have all the resources to be able to, or may fall through the cracks of 10 care and others have a great opportunity and resource. So we try to encourage that and recommend that assertively. I stunned you, didn't I? You did. You stunned I, me with your immediate stop of making notes. And uh, uh, I was, I was expecting a breath or maybe some type of a, nope. Um, so I'll cut out the pause. Yes. And we'll move on to your summary of yes. what we just talked about. Okay. All right, Dr. Jeff. So thank you very much for going through lesson 27 and lesson 28. If you guys have not checked it out, go to amazon.com right now and type in one patient at a time, one patient at a time, the K2 way playbook for healthcare and business success. You will uh, click on uh, the button down there that allows you to flip through the book and see, and you'll see the bite-sized lessons. You'll see how this is a very easy read and easy to implement. You'll see on the cover of the book that we've taken the word customer and, and uh, put the word patient right on top of it. It really doesn't matter if you're in healthcare, if you just started an accounting firm, or if you were a uh, partner in an events company, all of this really is integral and uh, very easy for you to execute your business right now so absolutely and from a healthcare standpoint we're getting a lot of interest from schools and colleges programs to uh, make sure that all of their students have this through their professional training because it starts them off with the right mentality Mm -hmm. not just the clinical care but the clinical care systems how patients are going to evaluate them from a is this a good doctor is it not and it's more than just making that diagnosis correct it has a lot to do with that but it's more than that, and doctors need to pay attention to all of those aspects. So we're we're humbled by that. On the other hand, I say, darn it, absolutely, because I, at the same time, I'm challenging doctors to, here's what to deliver and how to deliver it, right. and here's some things that work that you should aspire to, uh, just like we do. I'm challenging patients. Don't be tolerant of bad care. Walk on your doctor. There's not a problem. Give them a second chance, but see how they solve issues. Nobody right. is perfect. Right. But if you get bad care, if you get poor, rude service, find another doctor. Mm-hmm. It's time for a patient revolution. We need to up the standards, up the expectations on the type of medical care you deserve, whether you're going to a dentist, an optometrist, a general physician, a chiropractor, a podiatrist, a nurse practitioner, PA, it doesn't matter. In the healthcare system, that should be the ultimate service industry. You should have a great experience. And by golly, I expect better service from each and every visit at each and every office. So raise your standards, expect things. And if the first chapter of this book are some of the things that I think you should reasonably expect when you go to any office. Guys, this is Dr. Jeff after cutting on cow eyes and seeing patients and lecturing all day. We're getting him at the afternoon hours. This is what he's like after a long day. But you're listening to As I See It. Please uh, subscribe to our growing podcast. We have a brand new episode every single week, and uh, we do for the foreseeable future. We are over a year planned in advance, which is really, really awesome. And please, as we always say, please leave us a comment. Dr. Jeff loves to read those while doing this crossword puzzle. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. Thanks, Cole.